Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. What? It's Freedom Friday once again? Are you kidding me? Wow. The 30th Freedom Friday alternative news and commentary right here on the Kapow Radio Show Network. So, today, we have all kinds of stuff in the news. As usual, sometimes it's hard to find a theme. So, I really don't know. Maybe I'll make it up as we go. The theme, I mean. But we're going to talk about church. We're going to talk about the children. As we all know, there's an incredible, incredible attack on the on the kids, on the children. All over the place. We know why. And if they can get the youth at an early, early stage, they've won the game. And boy, there is attack on the youth and on babies and on children. And it's very, very sad. I don't have all the answers. I don't have any answers on, you know, what's causing some of these things. But we do know that they're out there. And I'm telling you, we need the Lord. We need the Lord right now for peace and wisdom and guidance and for discernment. We need him right now. But we also need to keep praying for his return as the cup of iniquity fills up and as the sins of the people fill up and the God haters and the godless fill up and the Satan lovers and worshipers of the serpent fill up, then we can expect his return and uh, we can go home. We can get off this this rock with a bunch of demons on it. So years ago, years ago, when I was working for the Riverside Police Department, Southern California, I had a good friend there, still a friend of mine, and uh, he was a Christian uh, man. And uh, I wasn't so much a, a biblical Christian, but I had studied theology and was raised in church and was always fascinated with um, Jewish history, things like that. And so we would, uh, we'd go to, you know, harvest, uh, the church harvest. At the time, I think it was like the 11th largest mega church in the nation. But we would go there and eat. They had a cafe and we would eat lunch there. And we were both working uh, a plainclothes assignment. We were supervisors for uh, detective division. And uh, anyway, so we'd meet there and we'd eat lunch. But they had a big bookstore. They had, a, you know, with uh, Bibles and, you know, Christian books and all kinds of stuff there. 
so we'd wander around there. But we used to have these discussions on theology all the time, um, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, he thought I was pretty radical back then because I would say some crazy stuff because I didn't care. But one of the things I used to joke about, I used to tell him, I said, uh, Mike, what, uh, what, what the churches are going to do in the future, here's what they're going to do. Because I was always, always anti-organized religion. I, so I told him, I said, what the churches are going to do, the evangelical tr- churches, right? The Protestant churches, Pentecostal churches. They're going to combine one day a casino with the church. And so we started laughing. And I came up with the name Church Sino way back when. This was uh, years ago. Way back when, 25 years ago, whatever, I came up with the name Church Sino. And we we laugh about it. So one thing we, him and I used to do is we used to go through these scenarios and just make stuff up and, and crack, you know, crack each other up, you know. So we talk about this Church Sino how um, it's a church, but yet it's a casino and that uh, all the, the, the winnings, all the profits uh, from the, the casino would automatically, if you want, automatically 10% would be taken off your winnings and given in tithes to the church. So you're doing a good thing, you know, keeping the church going and stuff. And we'd laugh and have a roar. And he came up with the, um, the idea that the worship band would uh, be the worship team on Sunday, but then at night would play uh, the top 40 nightclub music, you know, for the casino. And, you know, we had a gym in there and, you know, you can sit on the second floor and work out, you know, behind glass and work out in the gym while you listen to the the sermon. So you go to church while you're working out. So we, we built this whole thing just being ridiculous. So when I read this next story, you can imagine my surprise when I ran across the real church Sino, something that I had made fun of and invented a long time ago because it was so bizarre, knowing, of course, that should never happen. But in Texas, there was a church fire. And uh, when the authorities got there, responding to the fire, they found and discovered an illegal gambling room. You should see the pictures of this thing. They had wall-to-wall um, slot machines. So the firefighters responded to reports of an electrical fire. It was in Houston. It was a Houston church. It wasn't Joel Olstein's church, I don't think. No, it wasn't Joel Olstein's church. Um, and they, they responded to this uh, church, and they didn't find any signs of fire. But they discovered this illegal game room inside of the church. Uh Uh-oh. So four people were found trapped inside a room containing about 100 gambling machines. And this was at the Word of Life Church. The Word of Life. Isn't that a mockery? So the person who reported the fire had told authorities that he was locked in by an electronic door lock. So he panicked and called the authorities and he got everybody busted. Harris County Sheriff deputies led several people out of the building in handcuffs. And they released them later on. One person was arrested for an outstanding warrant. So there you go. So they actually had a church, the Word of Life. The Word of Life Church had a secret church sino going in the background. 
<laughs> so I imagine if they would have kept going, they would uh, then be able to sell their dope and have marijuana and prostitution and the whole bit. Um, quite, quite amazing that that was in a, a, a regular church. So that's all I know about the story. But I just thought uh, that was crazy because I used to talk about stuff like that years ago. And then here it is. Here it is in front of us. Now, this is bizarre. This next story is absolutely crazy. And it goes with the with the church. And it goes uh, to Bible-believing Christians and uh, religious Christians and the whole bit. In Indonesia, they have a heresy app. That's right, a heresy app. An app for your smartphone that you can download. This is from Jakarta, and it says that a new Indonesian government app lets the public report suspected cases of religious heresy. Wow. Can you imagine that? This is persecution, not only of the Christian religion, but of all religions (laughs) that don't comply with Islam because Indonesia has the world's biggest Muslim majority. Yeah. So users of the app can report groups practicing, check this out, unrecognized faiths or unorthodox interpretations of Indonesia's six officially recognized religions. (gasps) Wow. So even though they will allow you to practice Christianity, if you practice Christianity in an unorthodox way or it's interpreted in an unorthodox way, like I'm sure all of us listening here would fall into that category. Being a biblical Christian is not going to fit into their recognized religion. Yeah. And then you would get reported by somebody who has an heresy app on their phone. The six officially recognized religions in Indonesia are Islam. And like I said, they're the the, uh, majority nation. Hinduism, Christianity, and Buddhism. Yeah, that's only four. So I imagine there's a, couple more there. I, I would imagine Judaism is in there. It's called Smart Bakim. And it was launched last Sunday. It's available for free uh, in Google Play. And I don't know about um, Apple Store, but uh, if you have an Android device, you can get it. It says the app will list religious edicts in blacklisted organizations and allow users to file complaints instantaneously instead of having to go through what once was a cumbersome process of submitting a written accusation to a government office. And here's what they say. They say the objective is to provide easier access to information about the spread of beliefs in Indonesia, to educate the public, and to prevent them from following doctrines from an individual or a group that are not in line with the regulations. My goodness. You think that might be uh, misused? Oh, it's like the invasion of the body snatchers. You know, you see the human that's not 
invaded. And so do you put your finger and go, ah, right? That's what this is like. This is crazy. Yeah. There's hundreds of thousands of people across the Asian archipelago who adhere to non-recognized um, and mystical faiths. And they're bound to be suffering discrimination and limited access to public services because of this stuff. That's insane. Insane. Um, anyway, if you criticize, they're in Indonesia, if you criticize Islam, particularly Islam there, and that's followed by nearly 90% of Indonesia's 260 million citizens. It, that criticism could land you in a jail. Yeah. Uh, apparently last summer, there was an ethnic Chinese Buddhist thrown in jail for insulting Islam after asking her neighborhood mosque to lower its sound system during the daily call to prayer because she found it too loud. And so she got thrown into jail for that. So there is a new heresy app in Indonesia, as well as a real life church, Sino in Texas. Of course, that's been busted, but I wonder how many more are around where they're doing uh, gambling and other illegal stuff. But that is crazy. The, the app thing, um, you know, I know it's another country. It's not the USA, but you know, you can you can see uh, the thinking behind this. It's unbelievable, crazy. Now, this uh, doesn't have anything to do with church. This has something to do with the kids. So let's talk about the kids and the attack on the kids. But before we start talking about gene edited babies in China and why they're doing it, let's take just a short commercial break, and we'll be right back. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. I want to tell you about a project called Mesquite Cafe, and their latest musical release is called times end. These songs are about dissatisfaction with the current world systems, hope in ultimate salvation, and warnings about apocalyptic destruction coming to the planet. Times End by Mesquite Cafe can be found at digital music stores such as Apple Music, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play YouTube, Amazon, Pandora, Napster, iHeartRadio, and many others. All right, we're back. And there's a Chinese researcher, and he claims that he's the first to do gene editing on a human baby, which um, sparked a bunch of ethics uh, issues because he's not following the rules like the other ones, other scientists and stuff are. Um. It's kind of a weird deal. He didn't really publish this in a paper or anything. He talked about it. So many are speculating whether he really did it or not. But if he did, which I think he did, 
he's he's actually messed with the genes from a human. He's a Chinese researcher. He claims that he helped make the world's first genetically edited babies. There were twin girls and they were born just this last month. He said the DNA he altered with a powerful new tool. And uh, he says he's capable of rewriting the very blueprint of life. Folks, days of Noah, huh? Yeah. So the article says, if this is true, it's a profound leap of science and ethics. There's problems with this. It's a U.S. scientist. This is where it gets really weird. He's a U.S. scientist. He took part in the work in China. But of course, you know, this kind of work, the gene editing, it's banned here in the U.S. because the DNA changes can pass to future generation. And then it risks harming other genes. You know what I mean? You can make you can make the human species extinct the way they're thinking. Or just really screw it up. I mean, this this is this is insane. Yeah. So there's, there's a whole lot of scientists out there that think this is way too unsafe to try. Some even denounced the report saying it's human experimentation. But this guy, his name is, uh, I'm going to screw it up, but I think it's Hee-John Koo of Shizin. He said he altered embryos for seven couples during the fertility treatments. With one pregnancy resulting thus far, he said his goal was not to cure. Now check this out. His goal was not to cure or to prevent an inherited disease. That's how they always sell it, right? You know, this will prevent disease or this will cure. You know, these couples had, you know, whatever. But his goal was to try to bestow a trait that few people naturally have. So he was actually adding to the baby's genome. DNA to give them a trait that very few people actually have. So you might think, what what would be this trait? You know, what, what kind of superpower did he edit in there? And this is what they chose to focus on. And you'll probably be as confused as me, but but what they focused on was they be, bestowed a trait which is an ability to resist possible future infection with HIV, the AIDS virus. What the? Okay, you got two babies, brand new babies out of the womb, and you've genetically modified them to resist the AIDS virus. So are you, are you, you're saying that as they, they grow up, they're going to be in a lifestyle where they're going to have this possibility to get HIV. Or are you saying if we can do this, we can make this lifestyle super safe without any consequences. There's a whole lot here. I, I just think that's a weird thing to pick. I mean, it wasn't like, we don't, we're going to edit the genes, genes and uh, focus on preventing autism. 
We're going to focus on preventing tooth decay. We're going to focus on preventing, you know, liver damage. No. AIDS. Yeah. Very, very strange. So anyway, it's um, it's a long article, but that is the gist of it. Uh, his name is Hiji Akwe. <laughs> I guess that's how you pronounce it. Hiji Akwe. He goes by JK, and I think that's smart. But he is, he is from the United States. But he's back in China doing this. Uh, he studied here at Stanford University here in the U.S. Before going back to his home in China, he opened a lab at Southern University of Science and Technology of China in Shitsun. He also has two genetics companies. Ooh, interesting. Huh. Well, the university said his work seriously violated academic ethics and standards, and they plan to investigate. But a spokesman for him, JK, confirmed that uh, he's been on leave from teaching since early this year, but he remains on the faculty and has a lab at the school. That bizarre. Ooh, wow. So there's another guy, another U.S. scientist worked with him on this project. See, they're in China because not allowed in the U.S., but they're they're from here. And this guy, uh, he's from Houston. And he says that uh, he worked with him. He holds a small stake in it. And he's also on the scientific advisory boards of this guy, JK's two companies. So there's something going on here. There's something very, very weird. Um, so he said he chose embryo gene editing for HIV because these particular infections are a big problem in China. I, I don't know if that's true. Are they a bigger problem in China than they are here in San Francisco? He sought to disable the gene called uh, C, CCR5. It forms a protein doorway that allows HIV, the virus that causes AIDS to enter a cell. <sighs> I don't know. You know, uh, it goes on. It says all the men in the project had HIV and all the women did not. Oh, wow. All the men had HIV, but they're, they're being used to create babies. Man. He said, but the gene editing was not aimed at preventing the small risk of transmission. The fathers had their infections deeply suppressed by standard HIV medicines. And there are simple ways to keep them from infecting offspring that do not involve altering genes. Instead, the appeal was to offer couples affected by HIV a chance to have a child that might be protected from a similar fate. So there you have it. That's how they looped it in that now couples that have HIV, that the guy has HIV, the girl don't, whatever. Now they can have kids and they don't have to worry about it because we've edited that part out of the gene. It, um... Yeah, I smell a real big poop sandwich here, don't you? Big, big poop sandwich. Anyway, it's uh, more than likely this is true. It's from the Associated Press. Uh, more than likely it is true, even though it's not published. And, you know, he just was caught talking about it. Um, which goes to say, it, it tells you, you know, they've been doing this for a while. Um, it's like the days of Noah. They're, they're messing with uh, the human genome and creating who knows what. 
Now, this is this is a horrible story. This this uh this breaks my heart. It says autism is now one in forty kids in the U.S. This is a new study. They're estimating that one in forty. That's that's absolutely insane. One in forty children have autism. Come on, man. You know, Miss Capel and I would go to this uh, one particular restaurant and we'd talk to a, a waitress there and a um, hardworking gal and her husband was a cook. And Anyway, um, she got pregnant and they're going to have, this is this is about a year ago and they're going to have a little baby. So she was all happy and stuff. And, and we kind of went with her through the whole pregnancy, you know, as we would see her there as we eat. And, um, so she finally has the baby and she had a, you know, beautiful little boy and she's all happy and everything. And, uh, within months, uh, she's taking him into the doctors. He's getting all his shots. He's doing all that stuff. And, uh, the doctors tell her, we think, um, he may have autism. He's just a little baby. And, uh, huh? You know, and says, yeah, bring him in. We're going to test him. And so they, they do some, you know, testing what they do. And find out that he's autistic. And, you know, just the look on her face. She was like, well, you know, it's it's going to be hard. You know, I mean, it's hard enough in, anyway, right? You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a struggle. But, you know, we know what we're going to do. And and it just breaks your heart, man, to, to, to go through it with her for, for pregnancy and stuff. And see her and all happy to have a kid. And then to find out. You know, he's diagnosed with autism. And you're like, why? You know, and I know there's, you know, people out there, it's, it's the vaccinations or it's this or it's that, you know, and I, I can't sit here. I don't have the expertise to tell you one thing or or another, but I do know that's a problem. One in 40? You know, I mean, I mean, what what is going, what are we doing to each other or what are we allowing to be done to us? It's just incredible. So there was a survey done of parents across the U.S. And this survey estimates that one in 40 children has autism spectrum disorder. And this was published in the journal Pediatrics. In other words, the condition was reported in 2.5% of the children, representing an estimated 1.5 million kids ages 3 to 17. Yeah. Now, the... um, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimated, they estimated at one in 59 children, but that was based on 2014 data. But it says the prevalence is not growing that rapidly, although the CDC's data suggests it's still growing, this chief science officer said. Uh, But he says what is happening is that these studies use methods that are are a bit more liberal and inclusive than the CDC's methods. So in other words, the CDC methods, I think they're suppressing the numbers. This new method, they actually talk to the people. Uh, This guy says he prefers the CDC's numbers, but understands they are likely a bit conservative. So even he admits he prefers the numbers because they don't sound so bad, but they're probably not true. But this new study is based on a 2016 national survey of children's health and it was conducted by the U.S. Census Bureau 
They collected information from parents of more than 50,000 children up to age 17. So to be included in the estimate, parents would have had to report their child had ever received a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder and that they currently had the condition. So it wasn't like they're just, you know, guessing. Um, so <laughs> the, the, the new study relies on parental reporting. Yeah. Whereas the CDC report uh, relies on validated uh, health and education records. And they say that may be a limitation despite the broad scope of the research on CDC's part. These are parents who actually uh, live with these kids. Yeah. So they say the one in 40 figure is generally consistent with previous parent surveys and other direct prevalence studies where researchers directly screen for and attempt to identify autism. Uh, and, the, and the parents also reported more difficulties getting the health care their children need versus those with Down syndrome or other behavioral disorders such as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Isn't that something? Why, why is that? Is it just so common that, um, you know, they're not going to get the, the attention? I don't know. I don't know. It says, though we've seen progress in recent years, this confirms what we know from our parents that many children face unacceptable delays in getting a diagnostic evaluation, even after parents, teachers, or other caregivers have recognized the signs of autism. Wow. Pretty, pretty, pretty sad stuff. And no matter how you slice it, there is uh, definitely a war, definitely an attack on our children. This particular article has the 11 in it. It says the CDC report was based on data collected from 11 communities, not 10, not 12, 11. So you have that in there. And uh, anyway, this study, this current one asked the parents, you know, they say parents know their child best, right? You know, they don't, they don't need someone to tell them there's something wrong with my kid. You know, they, they know. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So anyway, a huge, huge relief. It's um it's growing. We're so busy dealing with other stuff here. Uh it's really sad. Very, 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 very sad. Here's another one, another attack on the children. This is weird because no one knows what it is. They call it AFM. AFM. And it's a polio-like disease. You might have heard about this before. The CDC, which we've just learned, has downplayed the numbers for autistic children. They've identified 31 states with 116 confirmed cases of this polio-like disease. 31 states, 116 confirmed cases. Well, in the big scheme of things, you go, well, that's not very many. Well, it shouldn't exist at all. It shouldn't exist at all. Uh, there's a map here. It says the states with confirmed cases, and it's there's a lot of them. Um, yeah, what's interesting? New York and California aren't uh, included. Some of the the coastal Florida, almost everything in between is. They say there's uh, now 286 cases of possible and confirmed. It's called acute flaccid uh, myelitis. Millilitis beats me. 
so th- there was 286 cases in the United States just uh, this year, according to the CDC. And that included 116 confirmed cases. They say it's a rare polio-like illness, also known as AFM, and it leads to uh, a sudden onset of paralysis. So that's 10 more confirmed cases than the agency reported a week ago. Oh, wow. And now there's an additional 170 possible cases of AFM under investigation. Since 2014, there's been 440 confirmed cases of AFM. Most of them are children. More than 95% of the patients with AFM this year have been children younger than 18. The average age of those infected is five. Most of the children with confirmed cases experienced a viral illness with symptoms including fever and cough about three to 10 days before the onset of paralysis. Come on, man. That's horrible. There's a picture of this little kid. He's all wrapped up in a machine and I guess they're trying to get him to walk or something. I mean, just little little babies. The patients that are confirmed are in 31 states. And this is the first time the CDC has identified those states. So you can look at that map if you're interested. It's on our Facebook page, Fifth Hook Media. We have that listed. There are 15 cases in Colorado, the state with the highest number. Huh, interesting. Followed by Texas with 14 confirmed cases. So that's just by one. There's 19 states have no confirmed cases. And there's 12 states are reporting only one confirmed case. So it's not clear whether there's more of a risk of AFM in states that have a higher number of cases or in those states are just better at identifying reporting the patients. They don't know. Wow. So the CDC has encouraged doctors to report cases, but guess what? There's no requirement to do so. No requirement. Uh, Here's another interesting factoid. Most of the AFM patients here became ill between August and October. Hmm. And according to August and October, it's not even flu season, right? You know, it's not even flu season yet. These kids are getting flu, cough about 10 days before, then they quit walking. The number of illnesses peaked Every other fall since 2014. Wow. Of course, you know, they say less than one to two in a million children in the United States will get AFM every year. So it's a big number, you know, less than one to two in a million children. So your odds are one in a million. Those are big odds. But nonetheless, it shouldn't be existing at all. It shouldn't be existing at all in this many states. You know, and growing. And that's just what they've, you know, reported that they've confirmed. So a major attack on the kids, a major attack on humans, everything. End game's up. And so we're just waiting to go home, folks, right? So let's get out of here. Let's go home. Let's uh, wait for our Lord Jesus Christ and get out of here. So with that, have a nice weekend. And we will talk to you later. Good night.